Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing. We write about, we have articles on the craft of writing, the business of writing, just the writing life. I do a thrice weekly blog. I talk about the intersection of sort of spirituality and writing. That's all there. Plus we do video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. In fact, there's a new interview up this just yesterday with the wonderful Maureen McQuarrie, a young adult author who has a new book out. It was a very brave book on her part. She didn't know she'd get it published. She thought maybe it would just be one for the heart, not for the presses. But no, she sold it. Yes, she did. And it's a great story. It's a cool story. It's all up there on authormagazine.org. We're also funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Yes, they have been. You know, the PNWA uh, has a great conference every year, and people are already signing up for it. Yes, they are. It's going to be here in the great Pacific Northwest. In September, mid-September 2019, I'll be there. A great many agents and editors will be there. Lots of teachers. Donald Moss will be there. I think Vogler's going to be there again, I think. Yes, lots of good stuff. And if you live in the Northwest, and even if you don't, people come from all over the world for the PNWA conference. They do. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, you're going to want to sign up for it. So if you want to learn more about it, go to pnwa.org. Maybe you want to join the PNWA because we have these monthly meetings. And you know what? I'm going to be teaching two classes on uh, uh, writing, I think, free. Yeah. A couple back to back, and I think, in June. And um, if you can't make it, you, well, you can listen in for free. Yes, that's right. Just by joining PNWA. Check it out. PNWA.org. Hey, speaking of PNWA, today's guest, the wonderful Erin Quinn, actually kind of, I got to double check this story. She kind of got her sort of start by winning in a, a contest at the PNWA, a contest that's still going strong. Anyway, Aaron Quinn, that's who we're talking to today. And Aaron writes dark paranormal romance for the thinking reader. That's all of you, right? Of course it is. Her books have been called riveting, brilliantly plotted, and beautifully written, and have won, placed, or showed in the RWA Rita Award, Booksellers Best, Willa Award for Historical Fiction, The Orange Rose, Reader's Crown, Golden Quill, Best Books, and Award of Excellence. Whoa, that's a lot of stuff. Erin, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here. It's good to be talking to another writer. You and I met, Erin, recently, uh, this February, at the what turned out to be the very last, I just learned, San Diego Writers Conference. You had, I came San Diego down, State. Yeah. San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah. So, and how long had you been running that, or been a part of that? So uh, I started that when I was just a whippersnapper. Let's see. Uh, about I think it it was on its thirty fourth year, and I think I came in around the thirties. Um, that two years after it started. So wow, quite a lot of years. Holy smokes. Wow. So yeah, I, um, I, I didn't step into the as director until the last 
four or five years. Right. Um, I, when Diane Dunaway, who was one of the founders of the conference, retired. Right. And now I mentioned in my uh, I mentioned in my little intro that you thought we we thought we did the math. It was 20 years ago or so. You uh, you won an award at the PNWA conference. Was that and I you published did. that book? Was that one of the first books you'd ever published? But yeah, that was my my second book, and um, I had been having just a horrible time selling it. It was yeah. different, you know, and and it was during an era when different was not necessarily good. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. um, and that was um, that was actually the first award that book won, and it did end up getting published, and it ended up winning just a handful of awards. Oh, um, nice. Afterwards, it was very it was very validating, but that yeah. was the start of it. So let's back up a little bit, Erin. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to when you were just a wee pup, and maybe usually for writers, the desire to tell stories on the page starts pretty young. You know, starts yeah. like around nine or ten, but not for everybody. When did you start getting the itch? Probably about. I would say even before then, I think I started writing my yeah. my first stories in elementary school, and yeah. uh, you know I stuck with it pretty well until um, until I got to be a young adult, and then you know boys, things like that. Boys, <laughs> God, yeah. and I, I yeah, I know they just get in your way. <laughs> just, and then yeah. I didn't really reconnect with it until I started working at San Diego State and was part of the writers conference and uh at that point i i wasn't teaching i was uh, on the administrative staff oh no and uh, oh yeah and then um i just reconnected with my love of it and i actually sold my first book to an editor i met at the writers conference no kidding so how old were you second year um 26 or 27 all right, so take me through that first book. So you you so you you would love to write as a girl, but then you grew up a little bit, and other things came along. But so then you started helping out with this conference, and um, and so how did that? How did the reawakening happening? What what was that like? What, what what stirred in you? What made you think I want to do this? Well, just I, I don't know. It was almost instantaneous. Oh, really? I, I started reading like some of the workshops that we were going to be presenting, and I was. Just, I couldn't imagine why, how I lost that thread that I'd been following for so long. And, um, my husband went out and bought me this, bought me a computer. It was one of those great big ones that with the the orange screen. (laughs) And I started pounding out my first book and, um, you sold your first book you wrote. I sold my first book I wrote to the first editor who read it. I hate you. And that was a mystery. No, I don't hate you. I'm Actually, at the time, well, I, then I made all my beginner's mistakes after right, that. I had the, right. the lucky first step, and then it took me almost 10 years to sell my second book after my first one. Oh, so, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. You told me that there was, a, there was this long gap. I didn't realize it was between the first and the second. Oh, yes. my God. All right. Well, I'm going to yeah. back up just a little bit. I want to back up even – I want to go back to when you when – you, uh, so you so you write you did, you you it's reawakened. You're at the conference when you so in your writing life. You know how we got to draw on our own life. Even though you write dark, you write dark paranormal romance. Uh, 
it doesn't. You're always drawing on your own sort of life experience, emotional life experiences, right? I mean, you got to mm-hmm. always draw. Does that does that feeling of something awakening? Does that do you ever draw on that again and again, just as a kind of something to reference when someone's coming to life around something? I would think I would do that. You know, interesting, interesting question, and I don't know that I've drawn on that, but I can guarantee you that I probably will be going forward, <laughs> not that I've thought of it. Um, oh, good. I helped you out. I do see recurring themes that happen in my books, um, you know, that I'm surprised, that it surprised even me, and I have finally, I think, closed a chapter on one recurring theme that I can pretty much put in almost every one of my, any, every oh, one yeah. of the books. That came after the first one. The first one was a straight mystery um, right. that was published, you know, in '94, and it wow. was, um, yeah, straight it was paper, before they even only. really, yeah, it was a original yeah. paperback by Avon um, yeah, back yeah. when Avon was their own standalone house, and yep. um, yeah, they they actually females were just kind of stepping into that to the role of writing mysteries you either before that you either had to write like the bodice rippers or you had to write um you know agatha christie or you know murder she wrote type of uh, right and there was nothing in between and so i was stepping into that role and when i first started they call it romantic suspense now but at my point they were calling it woman in jeopardy and they thought that was going to be the (laughs) the name coined for it It was a woman in jeopardy book all right yeah (laughs) and so what is the theme you have put to rest you said you that the first thing that what is the well, thing you have just put to rest in my books um death is never final and and oh. almost every book in every book but the first one that is a, a recurring theme i have either reincarnation i have ghost stories i yeah. have just flat out you know time travel that changes your past and then i have you know it gets even darker into the the latest books and I'm not really sure what started me down that path, but I was very fascinated by the whole concept of is death permanent? Does it? Yeah. Does it matter? You know. And yeah. so, I must have worked it out of my system because I don't think that's where I'm going to go with the next book. But you're not drawn to that. Interesting. You actually. Yeah. So you worked through that in some way because you don't feel not because you, you don't feel like you've come up with some answer like well it is permanent I'm just done with it or I've determined absolutely that it's not you just don't feel any desire to explore it anymore. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I would say that I just, you know, I it's one of those unanswerable questions, I guess. And so now I've tried to answer it in as many ways as I can, and now I'm happy with the answer that it can't be answered. <laughs> right. They're ready to move on. Well, so okay, so so we're gonna so that ten years. Part of the reason I wanted to interview, well, I want to interview just because I liked you, but you told you told me about that ten years, and I thought I've got to talk to her because I'm always looking for people who struggled. I love talking to yeah. people who have suffered and come uh, back from it. And yeah. so that must have been a rough 10 years. Well, maybe not. I don't know. No, I talked to James Lee Burke, and he went something like 13 years without publishing a book, and he would he would not admit that it was hard for him. So I don't know. Everyone's different. Oh, How it was, was it for brutal. You? It was, was brutal. It? Yeah. And, you know, part of it, you know, in retrospect, I can look back and say, yeah, it was – a lot of it was um, a cage of my own making in that mm. I – Started, you know, I wrote my first book, sold my first book, and I had no idea. I knew nothing about the industry, and I knew nothing right. about what happened next. And so I was actually waiting for someone to tell me what to do next, which if you've uh, been in this industry, nobody's going to tell you that. You either no. you know, sink or swim. Yeah. And um, 
and so I followed my really tight mystery up with uh, this, you know, sweeping historical past life oh, book. No, no, it wasn't anything like the first one. And my editor yeah. was like, hmm, what's this? Yeah. Yeah, and, no. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not, and for, so, not for you know, paperback originals. They don't want it. They don't want to see you stepping move away. Around. No. Oh, yeah. Boy. And your agent didn't so tell you not I, to do that? No. I have enough agent stories, but I'm not going to share any. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. No, okay. no. But I really expected my agent to guide me that way. And I think the agent that I have now would have guided me, but this right. one, you know. I was so naive that she was actually right. someone that had turned down the right, had turned me down and said, no, she didn't want to represent me. But then once uh, I sold the book, she had done it in a very nice way. So I wrote, uh-huh. I called her and said, you know, you said no to me, but you were kind of nice about it. And everybody else was pretty mean. So do you want to? And she's like, okay, sure. Because it was sold already. I right. sold it without right, an agent. I'll, right, I'll take the money. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. So she's nice, but still, it's not the same as someone who's really in your camp. Who finds you, who discovers you. Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. the same. No. So, okay. All right. So you made some mistakes. What can you lots do? of mistakes. And then I, you know, the biggest mistake I think I made when I say it was the cage of my own making is I could not leave that book. I, I kept writing that oh. book over and over and over, convinced that I had something, a gem in there, but I just right. hadn't found it yet. And it didn't even and occur to you to go to back be- to mysteries. No, it didn't. Nothing occurred to me other than if I don't sell this book, I'm <laughs> I'm a failure. That that was right. as far as my wow. thinking could go at that point. And the wow. longer it went, the worse it got. And so, oh, um, God. yeah, it was a hard it was a hard hole to get out of. And then, you know, when I finally um, said this is it, this is the last time I'm going to even look at it. And then I brushed it off, polished it up, sent it off to Pacific Northwest. I didn't even go to the conference that year because I thought the odds of winning right. that were like, right. yeah. And so I wasn't even there, which is still bothers me. <laughs> you know, you're always front and center when you fail, but when you win, you're at the Dixie Chicks concert in Arizona. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then after that, I sold it. I got a new agent, sold it shortly after. And, so it um, won. It goes up there and it, it wins. It won, and and then it won the Willow Award, which is for historical fiction that takes place with women in the West. And then, yeah, uh, it it won quite a few awards, and it it was very validating. It made me think, okay, those years, you know, maybe I was, maybe I was meant to be in that cage, and I was just pa- polishing and practicing. You know, who right. knows? And so that was a sweeping historical, but now you're writing dark paranormal. So what what happened? You changed again. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the sweeping historical had a a past life in it, which was really, Ah, really interesting to me. And that was also one of the reasons why I had such a hard time placing it, because it had a contemporary story and a past story that said, oh, I loved the contemporary story, but I just didn't connect with the past. And then the next one would say, I love the past, and I didn't connect with the contemporary. Right, right. So um, it took me a while. And then... When I went from I went from that to a ghost story and then into time travel, which I had always loved, and I loved writing those books, and I loved everything about writing those books. And then um, when I moved into the paranormal, that was one of m- those market um, moves where I thought that the paranormal market was really the place to go. And so I proposed a book that um, to kind of keep my feet in the water. And proposed right. this 
big story that had everything but the kitchen sink in it and um, had three catchy titles to go with them. And imagine my surprise when I sold them on proposal, which was the first time I'd ever done that. Uh, wow. And then I had to write them, and I had <laughs> no idea what they were going to be about. And really? It was, really? It was. Oh, uh, my it was, uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, it How'd was. How that go? Like, oh, oh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was. Oh, what? Some of the worst experiences of my life. I mean, three o'clock in the morning, trying to figure out how I'm going to finish a book that's due at six a.m. and holding yeah. down a full oh. job and two kids wow. and oh. you know. It but you finished? Just, did you finish it, them? I did. I was. I would not say I finished them on time, but I did finish uh-huh. them and okay. published them, and they did. They did well. But um, it was kind of it, – it was burning the candle at both ends. After that, I had you to won't do step that back again. a little bit. No. So from now on, you won't sell a book until you know what you're going to be writing. I'm at the point right now where I want to finish the, – the next thing I write, I want to finish before I sell it because right. I don't want it to be rushed. I don't want it to be half-cooked or, you know, right. to be pulling the pages off the printer, so to speak, as they're plugging them into the typeset. Right, right. Well, that's probably smart. That's probably smart. That's yeah. why most, well, most novelists, well, that's not true. I guess once you get a contract going, it's not always true, but well, that's probably wise. Well, uh, so, so partly how you and I met uh, is you read a blog of mine uh, from Writer's Digest and, and you liked it and yeah. so you invited me to come down. The only reason I mention that is I don't write blogs about how to write snappy characters or uh, how to market your, you know, your, your books. Although there's nothing wrong with those kinds of things. My tend to be more about, uh, they're more emotional support for writers, I would say. Uh, and so usually when people like my stuff, it's because they are wanting that kind of you can do it ism that I offer. And so you must have going through a, you said you were going through a little something. Do you remember what is it you're going through? What is it you, you have to wrestle with now as you work, as you write? It drew you to that kind of stuff I do. So coming out of that three-book contract that, you know, I had deadlines that there was just no way physically that I could have possibly made them. And so right. coming out of that was con- was a feeling of just being, I don't know, the insides of me sucked out. I don't know, even know how to right. explain it. And so I was at the point where I didn't really – truly know if my creative well would ever have anything in it again oh, if I was done really? and walking wow. away from it and just wanting to you know I came out of that and the first thing I did was start unloading things and I realized that I was so unbalanced with you know everything was about the books and the promotion and the you know am I doing this right am I got this Facebook ad right. am I got this and blah blah right. with all so much that I had forgotten to you know go outside Go out to lunch, you know, have a glass of wine, you know, those kind of things. And so um, I think your message in there when I when I saw it was something about, you know, respecting respect creative well and respecting the gifts that you have and the gifts that you want to give. Um, I can't really remember, but whatever it was, it really resonated with me. And, you know, I felt the same way about the keynote speech. Uh, talk you did at our conference that it was so powerful that message that you gave that you're writing for yourself and it was something that you know writers just you you think you're writing for everybody else and if you're not writing for yourself then it's hollow i don't i don't know how to do it and you know what the interesting thing is and and you really are 
And one of the beautiful things you can learn about that is that to say you're writing for yourself does not mean you're writing in your journal. It doesn't mean you're writing in your diary. You know, you're mm-hmm. writing to share, but you're writing to move yourself. You're writing to entertain yourself. You're writing to pursue something that you yourself are interested in pursuing. And what I love about being an author is that is that magical moment. Well, just like the fact that you and I found each other through that blog I wrote. Well, I can guarantee you I wrote that because it's something I wanted to hear myself say. You know, I needed it on some level. And so I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And then it connected with someone else. And now we're, we're talking to each other. And so that's the kind of magic you write for yourself. And yet then it then this thing that was for you travels out to others. It's not a purely selfish act at all. You know what I mean? Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to remember that you are your first and best reader. It's really true. And when you feel that, when you're doing that, you feel it. You feel it like right under your heart. You know, you can That's feel right. it. That's, That's right. That's right. right where it is. It's that connection. Yep. yep. Yeah. And it's the best feeling. And it's such a relief when you know that's all you have to do. It makes, for me, it made it simpler for me. I didn't have to understand what amused other people because I really, I don't know. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, not for sure. Mm-hmm. I do know what moves me. And I've just decided that it probably moves other people. So, you know, but you must be a reader as well, I suspect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, so you, do you ever, so to some degree when you write, are you one of the types of people who write, who read something you love and you go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to imitate that, but that inspired me to do something similar? Or do you read stuff and say, no, no, you've got it all wrong. Uh, let me show you how to do it. Because usually it's one or the other. You're writing because you, you see something you don't like and you want to do the opposite, or you see something you love and you want to sort of not emulate it, but move in that direction, be inspired by it. Which way do you tend to land? I would say, I would say probably um, – inspired because if I if I feel that frustration of like you're not doing it right I I don't finish the book life's too short to finish books you don't like right Right. I (laughs) get it you know I I I read in two different ways I I just finished um reading the Poisonwood Bible um Barbara Kingsolver oh yeah and but you know the beginning of that book is is very very methodical and slow paced and I'm reading that in the part of my head that's like, oh, you got to grab them with sentence one, and you got to do this, <laughs> yeah. and you got to do this, yeah, yeah. is yeah. arguing with the part of me that's, that keeps reading and saying, you know, why right. are you reading this? Because she didn't grab you and whatever. And right. I mean, what an amazing piece of work. You know, it was just right. so layered and um, just breathtaking that it's making me, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage right now where I'm gathering information and, and, trying to knock down all the preconceived ideas I have and start with my start. When I start fresh, I mean, I want to start fresh, fresh right, so you don't have any, and everything. Right. So you say preconceived notion about what the story should be, what kind of writing you should do. You want to give yourself, you want to open up the options for yourself. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, tell the story that I want to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. It's tough because we put these, these, these boundaries on ourselves. I'll tell you, the more I let myself, Write like I write a lot of personal essays seems to be like the form that I'm happiest in. And the more I let myself write those essays about what I actually want to talk about and what I actually want to explore, as opposed to some idea of what I think my readers probably want to hear, the more I actually attracted readers. I found the more I let myself be myself, the more readers that I found, the less I tried to Mm -hmm. write for them. You know, it seems paradox, it seems like it should be the opposite, but I, I think it's. 
the more authentic you can be, the more you'll find those readers who are meant for you. I believe it, Erin. I believe it. I believe it. I mean, I can't count how many times when I was writing that I would, I'm thinking of the formulas in my head, you know, oh, the, the hero and the heroine haven't met yet. And I'm on page right. 20. That's a right, crime. Right, I've got to go back right, and rewrite it, you know, right, and right. I'm not doing that anymore. Good. <laughs> that's, that's been my motto for the past, I don't know, it's been about 18 months now that I've just, you know, I'll, I come up against something and I say, nope, not doing that anymore. Nope. Oh, good for not you. Doing it. Good for you. You're yeah. busting out. You know, it's funny. The other day, a couple of years ago, I reread it. I was started rereading just because my son had bought it. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. So the first of the Lord of the Rings uh-huh. trilogy. Yeah. And I read those just in one famished, you know, uh, shot in my, when I was like Binge. 13. I just to yeah, binged me too. them. You know, I just adored them. And I picked them up again and I was like, you know, I don't know if he could get this published now. It is so slow the way he starts. He just eases into it and spends a lot of time talking about the history. He just, it's so not the bang, bang, bang that a fantasy novel And the would be songs now. and the poems. And oh, the, yeah. <laughs> God, it would never happen. But yeah, I, and I and I was 13 when I read it, and I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. It's amazing yeah. to me. I don't know. I do it now. Yes, uh, I did the same thing. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's funny that book. Of, I, I used to work in restaurants, and there were a lot of people in the restaurants who just didn't read. Like they just what they weren't into it. They didn't read papers. They didn't read anything. But they read that book. They read those books. That was the book yeah. that the most people had read who weren't readers, which I found fascinating because again, it's not. Like, it's not like, uh, it's not an easy read in many ways, you know, but they read it. Uh, so, all right. So what's next for you? So you're working on something now you're gas, you, you, you're in the midst of something or you're preparing to write something. I'm a little bit of both. I mean, I, I, I'm one of those, I think better with a pen in my hand than I do with a keyboard at least okay. at this point, at this stage. I mean, this is kind of a new me. <laughs> right. So ah, okay. um, I have a lot of notebooks that I have filled up now with my atrocious handwriting that I'm going to have to now, uh, you know, right. figure out what I'm saying in there. But I, I have things that I want to explore. Voice is one of the the key ones that I want to explore. I want to figure out how to, to the, the stories that you read that are so um, urgent because the voice is so, so close to you in your ear. Right. I want right. to, I want to work on that. And oh, I, I'm switching genres again. I'll probably, um, <laughs> my next book will come out in a different name because, you know, they make you do that. Oh, I'm going way, leaving romance kind of behind. And, okay. uh, you know, I, I believe there's probably a love story somewhere, but it won't necessarily be a romance. Gotcha. You know what, oh. you know what the difference between a romance and a love story is? Uh, no, no. What is it? A man writes a love story and a woman writes a romance. Uh, <laughs> oh, you may be it's right. True. It's well, change it's it up. True. Write a love <laughs> <Yeah>. story. <laughs> write a love story. Do it. Well, I'll have to write it as with a male name because that's just the way they publish it. I mean, well, you look at you know, actually, Nicholas Sparks. No. He's a romance writer, but nope, he's not. He's a love story writer. Anyway, well, and usually only, think, somebody dies at the end for no good reason well, in a love story. That's what I was going to say. Someone will die at the end. I think the only way – I think the, the bridge is that is like women's fiction. They'll call it women's fiction mm-hmm. where it's kind of a love story, but it's, they won't call it romance, but, they'll call it, but they don't call it a yeah. love story. 
You're right. It's yeah. true. Well, do, break the mold. Come on. Write a love story. You should don't do it. Don't cave. Don't give yourself a guy's name. Do it. Time to bust I out. Won't. Look, we might have a gay president in a couple of years. We don't know. So just maybe the world's ready no, for it. Oh, yes. No. Right? Why not? Yes. Why not? You know, strange, stranger things have happened. All right. Well, listen. So if people want to learn about you, whoever you are, because we don't know, but if they want to find out about Aaron Quinn, where can do you have just AaronQuinn.com? What's your What's your website? It's AaronQuinnAuthor.com. Author. Okay. Gotcha. Or, or AaronQuinnAuthor.com. I think I have. Yeah, I think I have a couple different URLs that all go to the same place. But Aaron right, Quinn, somebody else has it, and they don't even have a website there, which really bothers me. Uh, they just have a we own this well, page. Yeah, your yeah. name unfortunately is not quite. It's 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 very Irish, and there's a lot of Irish people in the world. So, all right, yes, uh, true. okay. So yes, well, I'm, not there. Really you... I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, but on Twitter I'm very political. So if you don't like my oh. politics, you probably won't want to okay. follow me on Twitter. <laughs> well, some people are going to want to follow you for just that reason. So okay, so they're forewarned. Okay, um, all right. So what I want you okay before I let you go, I want you to do what we got one more question, and what I want you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Be true to yourself. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. Nope. Yes, be true to yourself. Write a love story. I love love stories. <laughs> They're my favorite. Do yes. it, Erin. I will. All right. All right. Well, listen, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me down there in San Diego. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, Good luck with the next book. I, it, I, it sounds exciting. I can't wait to see what you do with it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, always <laughs> okay. a, it's always a surprise. <laughs> As it should be. I never know what's going to happen at the end. Good. Good. Those are the best kind of endings. Okay, Aaron, take it easy. Take, take care. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Bye. Yes, people, be true to yourself. You're all you got. If you won't be true to you, who will be? Nobody. That's who. I'll be back again next week with another fabulous author. Thanks to my producer, Mr. R.J. Jeffries. You're the best. To all of you, go find something you love to do and do it.